We are live. I like how that works out. This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review with my man Willie Gibson. We're back doing another. Oh, my man's on time. He just what? likes it. I was on time this time. He was, I made he was on it, time. I made a point to yeah. be here extra early <laughs> in, in the backstage area or whatever they call it here on screen. So, all right. It's Chris Gardner. I'm joined with Willie Gibson and Andy Yanez. Gentlemen, how y'all doing? Great. Great. How about you? I'm doing great. Young fella, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing real great. I'm a little excited because, you know, I have a few more days and I have to go to Austin for training and we'll see how it goes. Start a, start a, it's so weird to say, I guess a career or whatever it's like, but I'm just excited. I'll see how it goes. Make it a career, man. Yeah, it's your, your, first, uh, your first gig for the community newspaper. So yeah, good luck. Starts on Monday, man. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Talking politics, he's gonna cover politics. Will bless his heart. Oh, so yeah, local politics, not local politics, <laughs> but still, it's politics, man. You know, politics, you, it's politics. You gonna, you gonna see some things. You'd be like, wow, this is different. <laughs> it's different than yeah. sports, but yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen. I was telling Andy, I was telling Will before we, we got on here. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I gotta think of a a name for the show. <laughs> you know. Three dudes talking sports. I don't know what it is, but you know <laughs> something. <laughs> I mean, there it is. But let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about last night's action. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz went up 2-0. I thought the Clippers, Reggie Jackson, was going to carry the carry the Clippers through. He had an out of body experience on offense. <laughs> he was lighting it up. The Clippers, he put him up three, put him up two with a three-pointer. And then the Clippers decided to just jack up threes and miss six, seven, eight shots in a row. And Utah said, thank you very much. Bucket, three, bucket. Next thing you know, they're up, but 10. And that was it. You know, Utah, this is, they're finding ways to win, and that's really what it's, it all comes down to. What are your thoughts on Utah going up 2-0, with winning game two Thursday night? Um, they held serve. I mean, the number one seed, they, they won the first two at home, but it's more so the Clippers. To me, the story is the Clippers not coming through. I mean, they they won by the, the Razor's edge against Dallas, and then coming to Utah, you kind of, okay, they had a game seven hangover in game one. That's to be expected. But last night, it's like, I don't, I mean, and, and yeah, you'll say, well, they lost the first two against Dallas. They could come back and win the next two, and they could. But, you know, Serge Ibaka had back surgery. He's out the remainder right. of the playoffs. So that's something, you know, take note of. I just don't know if this team is – I mean, we say it time and time again. Doc Rivers is somewhere laughing his face off like, see, I thought it was me. And now here it is. And I feel bad for Ty Lue, but it's, it's – I think for me, the story is most of the Clippers don't feel bad because Utah, Donovan Mitchell is is on one, as the kids say, right now. And uh, the, the 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 Clippers are just, like you said, gave them the game last night. Andy, would you say that they, they gave it to them? Come on, Will. I think you're being kind of, I mean, personally, I mean, I've been hard on Utah. I think Utah took it. You know, they uh -huh. made shots down the stretch and the Clippers didn't. So what do you think, Andy? Yeah, I agree with Willie with what he said, that <clears throat> these first two games kind of has to do a lot more with the Clippers. And 
uh, I wanted to bring up something. I think Doris Burke said it uh, during last night's broadcast. I think. Sometimes it seems like the Clippers are kind of nonchalant when they're out on the court. It doesn't seem like you don't see that fire in them. And, you know, I, going back, back to last season in the I, I remember Andy, see if you can move around, man, because we got mm-hmm. some shaky Wi-Fi with you. So, yeah, you're kind of shaky right now. So come on, go out and come back. So, yeah, we'll give him a check and try to fix that, Will. But, uh, yeah. Will, man, you taught me 23s last night, man. I mean. They did. They did. They did. I mean, as you said, as I said, Dr. Mitchell, I mean, what? Uh, Jordan Clarkson had 24 off the bench. Yep. Yeah. The only points off the bench for Utah. I mean, he. So yeah, again, it sounds bad, and I hate to do it, and I'm not, you know, by no by no means am I, you know, belittling what Utah did. But, I mean, we've seen this time and time again from the Clippers, and, you know, you know, it, they're halfway away from getting swept out the playoffs. Now, will like, will they get swept? Do I believe that? No, they probably won't get swept, but. It's something, man. <laughs> I mean, and you know, hers the curse of the Clippers, you know, fifty year curse or whatever. I don't I don't know what it's that. It's just I don't know. I don't know. You're right. All right. Let me back up. Utah won the game. I'll I'll give them credit. Donovan Mitchell, but twenty seven in the first half, thirty seven mm-hmm. for the game, um, forty five in game one. You you gotta give him credit. I mean he you know, of course Shaq is probably I don't know, I didn't uh, it's gonna take credit for quote unquote dissing him. Did you see the shirt? I don't know if you see, you've seen the, the Donovan Mitchell shirt. Though. No, I haven't. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, I guess somebody in Louisville had the quote of Sack, and the shirt is just—it's a black shirt, yellow letters. I and the I is Donovan Mitchell shooting the jumper. <laughs> okay. Let's let's see if Andy's back on here with with a stronger connection. That looks better so far. Uh, say something, man. Let's see, because it's still kind of—it's not yeah, sharp. Can like, you hear me? yeah, yeah, yeah. We hear you fine, but the picture—we don't—we don't see you uh, as sharp as, as others. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sure. My Wi-Fi is a little spotty. Uh, I, sometimes it just <laughs> goes on like that. I need to start getting an Ethernet cable just to make things a lot easier. Yeah, can I mean, hear politician. Me? We hear you fine. You hear us? <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you. I can see you. I, it, I guess I. it kind of looks like it's lagging out in and out for a little bit, so might have to move locations for a second. Yeah, you try that and come back to us. We'll try that. We'll be here for a little while, man. This, okay. this, you know, we'll make it work. Don't worry about all that, man. Hey, right. like I said, this is free right now, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's live stream sure. and just keep on rolling and keep on going. But, right. you know, Will, they yes, won. Sir. Utah won. They won. They did. Speaking of yes. speaking of the team that found a way to win, the deer. Oh. Fear the deer. The Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> they they did enough to win. 86-83. It wasn't pretty. You know, I, I know all these pretty boy people, these these pretty fans who love the 140, 135 games. I can't stand. I'm old school. Hell, I'm bad boys. Detroit pisses all day long. So defense, defense, defense for me, I thought last night was great. Yeah. 
I was I was happy to see two teams playing good defense. Yes, they did miss some shots. They had some good looks that missed and rolled out. But Bamani Jones said it best in a tweet last night. If you would have told him in December that the Brooklyn Nets would have been involved in a game where both teams scored 80 points, he wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. So that shocked me. But the Bucks did enough to get the W. Now they're in the series. Now it's 2-1. Game four is, is Sunday, I believe. So, yeah, hey, by one, about 31, get the win. Right. And they did. What I found interesting, Chris, is, and I don't know, maybe it's just my quirky mind, but Milwaukee scored 86 points in game two and lost by 39. They yeah. scored 86 points in game three and won by three. That's just sports. amazing. Yeah, it's sports. <laughs> it's sports. <laughs> That's the only way you can explain it. But yeah, I mean they 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 got gritty with it. They got grimy, and they they toughed it out, you know. But that being said, however, I need I need PJ Tucker to score. I and mean, you're doing your job on the defense. I need somebody else. You had what thirty? Was it sixty-eight between Middleton and and Giannis? Drew Holiday. Drew, Drew, where you thank, at, baby? Where, where, where are you? Where, where are you? Him. I mean, I mean, you know, you got to check Kyrie, but come on, you got to give me something. That's why they brought you there. Yeah, he he scored well in game two and had no help. Game right. three, Giannis and Chris Middleton scored, but Drew Holiday didn't, didn't score. Right. He didn't make that layup to down the stretch there to finally break his his shooting slump. Mm -hmm. But they all three they need their big three. To play well together in the yes. same game, yeah. Because Brooklyn's big three is not healthy. James Harden is, hasn't played yet, so it's Kyrie and KD. Yep. That firepower is good. Bruce Brown, kudos to him. Bruce Brown is cutting to open spots and hitting floaters and things like that. But Bruce Brown down the stretch. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm okay with Bruce Brown <laughs> taking shots in the final minute rather than Kyrie and, and KD. I'm good with that. Wow, what is going on? Now Will's frozen. It's like it's like I got I got uh, uh, AJ Jones gremlins. This is really strange. Let's not see if I get Andy back in because now Will is out. I'm back. So this is bizarre, <laughs> man. Yeah, maybe it's, it's a streamer. I don't know. I thought it was my Wi-Fi, but yeah, we'll just cut out. <laughs> so we'll try this, to this we'll try to make it work. This Ten is, minutes in. Yeah, this is weird, man. Oh, got Jackson Gatlin chiming in on YouTube. Maybe it's Jackson Gatlin. Maybe he's the reason why we have streaming problems, man. Maybe that's what's going on. We got we Paul Jackson on. and Apollo Houston coming on. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Let's see We're if, if Will can come over. on. But yeah. <laughs> um, no, live but, stream, uh, man. Yeah, anything can happen on live. It's a good thing I'm going to a newspaper, not a, a TV station. But, um, Okay, Chris, yeah, I want to talk back. to you. There we oh, go. Well, we go got ahead, him. Go ahead. He's still a little laggy. Little, little am I laggy? Yeah. Oh, you're good, but yeah. Okay, we'll just keep it going, man. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, what you guys brought up in terms of Milwaukee and how uh, that game three, that crazy um, game three it was, It was they scored 86 points in game two, right? And they, they got, right. got out 486, <laughs> and they win. Uh, I think... Man, I remember when we did our predictions last week, I expected this series to be much more competitive and 
yeah, it's 2-1. If you're Brooklyn, you're probably feeling really good about how game three went. You still don't have James Harden. And, I mean, if James Harden plays for the rest of the series, that's still up in the air. I think they might get Jeff Green back uh, for game four, one of these games, I believe. I, I saw that report. And I think Milwaukee's like six-point underdogs in game four. So, I don't know. Uh, you mentioned Giannis and, and Chris Middleton. They had good games in game three. And they can never get – it doesn't seem like they can get their big three-core scoring together, and that's something they had to prove. And, I mean, look at Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving had a – I mean, he didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have a great shooting game either. If I'm Brooklyn, I, I feel like this might end up being a short series. They're probably confident in terms of heading into game four. I don't, I don't believe anybody shot the ball well last night. Um, Giannis probably was closest one with volume shooting close to 50%. But it's free throw shooting. You know, that's a problem. Giannis jacking up too many threes. He's like Russ to me. Yeah. Russ, you know, in my mind, Russ didn't take more than three threes in a game. Giannis is like, like the same thing. You know, he was 0 for 6. He made one key down the stretch. But no, I, I, no, I don't want you jack, taking that more than three threes in a game, Giannis. I need you to do a better job attacking Blake Griffin off the dribble. You know, Blake... You are what Blake used to be, athletic. Blake has been robbed by injuries of his athleticism, so he needs to do a better job and develop some moves. Giannis. Yeah. A jump hook. Some moves in the the paint, in the post. I'm just so, so tired of seeing pro players who've been in the league a while who don't have complete games, especially low post games. You know, add to your game. You add to your game, complete your game. It makes the game easier for you, and it makes the game easier for your teammates. I mean, that was just – he's just getting by with a, a basic dribble, you know, the Euro step. But if Blake and the Nets just like, okay, we're going to back up, form that wall. I think Steve Nash said in one of the timeout huddles, form a wall. And then you're honest, what you going to do? That we're talking about elite players. Well, well, maybe not. We're talking about stars, superstars. <laughs> Kevin Durant's got a complete offensive game. If Giannis gets to that, KD's like, I can go out on the post. I got, I got reverse pivots, pivots. I can do this off the backboard. I can shoot outside. I can do all kinds of stuff. Giannis is just, he struggles to score when teams make him do more than allow him to get to the basket. And I think his free throw shooting. Yeah. Question for y'all. Got to ask, ask this. Is the league justified in the 10 second count on Giannis at the, at the foul line? Now, in the playoffs. Are they justified doing it now? <laughs> yeah. If it, I mean, if it's a rule. I, it, it, what, was it the first round game where they have like the little timer? They show it on the top of the shot clock. Or I guess they use it for timeouts or stuff, but that that's something that's strange that has Giannis always taken that much at the free throw line? Because it's, it's getting ridiculous at some point how how much he takes try, just trying to get ready to shoot. Well, say something as you while you can. You, you're muted though, man. Muted. Yeah. Or this mic's not going. Man, we have technical difficulties. Yeah, it is. 
Fuck yeah, because <laughs> I see. Let me let me try to unmute and mute here. Say something now. I think it's his mind. No, yeah, because the, the symbol says he's good. Restart will come back. And and the sad irony of all this is we got a bigger audience this time than we did last week. Oh, <laughs> we had more issues. This won't be the our last time doing one of these live streams. So it's all good. As long as we have Jackson Gatlin chiming in, we'll be okay. He can carry us through, you know. Although he said his, his internet, his internet is a uh, spotty too. So I might just let me see. If, see now, Andy, you now you're calling me out here, man. I'm wondering if I could do that. Uh, okay. Yeah, man, Jackson, send me your email address, man. You send me your email address, and I'll see if I can send you the invite to to, to join us, and we'll just go with the flow because I have no shame in, in what we're doing. You know, folks are gonna hate, hate, whatever. We're, we're we're learning as we go, and we're gonna do better in the future. So that's how how this is all gonna be. We're gonna talk basketball going forward, some way, somehow. But yeah, Jackson, hit me up, man, and send me your email address, and I'll try to send you the invite to to chime in. Because I'll be kind of curious to see how all four of us look on the screens, see how it all works. <laughs> well, you're back, man. See if we can we can yes, hear sir. you now. There we go. There we go. Microphone set. One, two. What is this? All right, all okay. right, all right. Um. Are they justified in calling it? Yes. Yes. Especially after the first time. The first time, Giannis, you know that now you know they're looking for it. So for you, I mean, last night I watched it and he's taking three air free throw attempts and they're giving the ball and he's dribbling. Like, you know, you have 10 seconds. Yeah, you're a superstar. No, you know, people want to bring up Carl Malone. And yeah, Carl Malone did it. But Giannis, you know, they're on to you at this point. You got to know now. I mean, it can't get any worse. As you said, his free throw shooting is not the best as it is. Maybe you, maybe you're standing there thinking too much. Maybe you do need to cut that time down. I don't know. But, but first of all, we got to get. Our, we talk about Milwaukee. We got to get our big three rolling together all at the same time in the same game. We're gonna do it now, though. We're gonna do it now. Hopefully, we'll we, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I think the the league is justified and. We know that stars make the league go around. We know that. But don't let stars get away with things that other players can't do themselves. You know, if Giannis can't get his free throws off in 10 seconds, that's his fault. You know, if he can't shoot a high percentage at the line, that's his fault. If he cannot develop or has not developed a better low post game, that's his fault. So it's on him to correct those things and improve his game. But you said, Andy, that, that Chris. Oh, go ahead. yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, to, to that point, And you're right. I totally I agree. He needs to improve his game. But taking the poison viewpoint, what's the incentive? He's the two time MVP doing what he's been doing. So it's kind of the, challenging. The, at that point. the incentive is he, he has not won a championship yet. Oh, I get That's it. No, I agree. <laughs> you're 100 you know. correct. Yes. Yes. But I mean, just you know, for him, it's like, hey, I'm two-time MVP doing this, doing this. You know, to him, maybe the, the, the fact they haven't advanced isn't his game. But I agree 100%. You know, every year you need to go go to the lab in the summer and bring something back. And he hasn't done that yet. I mean, you know, so. And I, I, am, I, I am knocking him. I'm bagging on him. But you're right. He's two-time MVP. But if – his goal is to lead his team to a championship, an NBA championship. Then he's look, look in the mirror 
and see what he needs to do himself to improve his game. And if his goal is to win a championship, then keep doing what you're doing. Because right now, I don't see the Bucks getting out, getting past this, this round of the playoffs. And then, in that case, they're probably looking for a new coach. Then what? Then you're going to start over again? Then you're just you're delaying your development. You're delaying the goals of a championship. What do you say, Andy? Yeah, I agree with both of you. You guys have, have hit it right in the nail. And when it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo, it kind of sounds like he, he's starting to get some backlash from, oh, we just lost Will again. But He's back. All right. Yeah, I was going to say with Giannis, it, it kind of looks like people are, are starting to turn on him a little bit. You have the question. I, I don't remember who it was, but in one of the TV broadcasts, they said that Giannis might be, maybe he's not a number one. Maybe he's more of a, a number two to go along with another star. And that's interesting with two-time MVP certainly proving at least in regular season that he can be a dominant player. And the playoffs, it, it just seems like teams have them figured out. And you, you heard Steve Nash talk about building the wall. I think there was another video I saw just yesterday where Giannis, you said he doesn't have a bag. Or, I mean, he dribbles, and if he can't get to the paint, he's kind of just stuck there. And that's something he has to improve. And honestly, he should have at least figured out a counter to it by now after the, the way the past two seasons have ended for the Bucks. I mean, can you imagine him with a jump hook? Ooh. Yeah, it'd be lethal. No one, no one's blocking that. Exactly. I mean, just a, get in a post, post up strong, and then jump hook over either shoulder. Because if he can do it with his, with his right and left hand, my goodness, then what are you going to do? Foul him and just say, okay, man, go to the line because we can't stop you any other way. <laughs> I mean, you mm -hmm. know, that's that. It's not easy, but if you are a star player, put in the work, get in the lab, do the work develop that jump hook consistently and it's the analytics but get uh, a mid-range game short corner baseline there's different ways to do all these things but you know i mean just he's at that point in his career that he needs to continue developing his game and we're showing i'm showing my age and maybe some bias but all the time Every time here in Houston, I'm going back years. Akeem, I mean, all the great, great elite players do it. But every year, Akeem Olajuwon would say, this summer, in, in summer, I worked on, I added this to my game. I added that to my game. He always added something to his game every summer. Kobe, Mike, KD, all of them add something to their game. I don't want to see Giannis jacking up three-pointers, bricking them. I don't want him shooting threes as a hope and a prayer. Mm -hmm. I could do that. You know, he's a two-time MVP. If his goal is to win a championship, become a 40% three-point shooter. Until you do, do that, don't waste my time. Don't waste the fans' time. Don't waste your teammates' time jacking up and clanging these threes because it's bad enough in the playoffs you see playoffs some folks can't handle the pressure Brent forbes where you at brother we talked about him mm -hmm. i talked about him last friday as yeah. part of the bucks bench oh man 
the playoffs have started. This round has started. Where, where are you? His shot hasn't fallen. His defense is, ooh. And Mr. Tucker, you're doing a good job making KD work. But a three-pointer off the backboard, off the side of the backboard, from the corner? Ooh, that's, that's not a good look. You got to give some points to your offense. Get some garbage points. Get some putbacks in the paint. Do something. Get to the line. Make some free throws. Do something for your team. Provide some offense. I could go down the line here, but oh, my goodness, man. Has anybody heard an update on, on big fella, Joel Embiid? Is he playing tonight? Or he's questionable. Is, is he playing tonight? Uh, as far as I heard. He's still questionable. Still questionable. So there, if he there doesn't play. Off in a few minutes. Yeah, if he yeah. doesn't play, do the Sixers have a chance if he doesn't play tonight? Mm, do they have a chance? I think so. Yeah. To win the game or the yeah. series? If it's win the, the game. To win for, the game for go, both, go go. uh, for this in particular, they don't have them beat. I think so, and it has more to do with the way they adjusted in Game Two to how they defended Trey Young. They finally, Chris, you you hammered this point that that during that Game One, why they kept uh, Danny Green on Trey Young for for so long, but it seemed like they figured it out towards the end of that game. You know, throwing in traps with ultimately kind of cost them at the end to trying to make that comeback, but they kind of figured out how to make things harder for for Trey Young and. Putting Ben Simmons on him too, that's helped a lot. And I think that's honestly the main thing they have to do in, in order to beat the Hawks is limit Trey Young and, and not give up so many open shots, especially from three-pointers from, from their shooters, regardless of whether they have Embiid or not. That's something that they can do now. Embiid has blown us away with what he did in, a, in the first two games, considering that he has a small meniscus tear and he's putting up yeah. 39 and 40-plus, like – that's that's something that probably against, the themselves didn't expect. Against a a solid defensive player, solid big yeah. man in Clint Capella. Okay. Yeah. You know, Clint is not Rudy Gobert, but he's not me and you either. You know, the, the three of us. <laughs> and Joel Embiid is really showing his skill set. And when I saw Embiid at Kansas. I just I thought to myself when I saw him there, I was like, he is the closest thing to Akeem Lajuan that I have seen in a long, long time. He's much bigger now, <laughs> you know. But uh, I saw on Twitter a U of H alum, Lanny Smith. He tweeted out that exact thing. He said that he really believed he tried to, and he kind of tampered it a bit. He said, "Don't hate me now, Houston folks." But Joel Embiid <laughs> is the closest thing to Akeem that he's seen in years, and I believe that. You know, because in the post, he's got moves. He has he got tricks in his bag. Mm. He's not just let me just brute force, you know, a one trick dude. He has options. Yes, he can make the three, and I'm really not sold on him to shooting too many threes either. But he has a more well well rounded game than Giannis does. But a slight meniscus tear. Uh, you know, however Philly turned it last week, is it going to get, it's not going to get better. No. So it really just comes down to his pain threshold and what he can tolerate. But the Hawks have no answer for him. But yeah, Andy, 
and we'll chime in on this. I was really surprised. I was bewildered why Doc stuck with Danny Green on Trey Young in game one so long. It, you're asking an old man to, to do stuff he, he can no longer do. So Ben Simmons on Trey Young, I expected that a lot in game one. So seeing in game two, what took you so long? I'm like, duh. You want to make Trey Young work. He's, he's a star player. You don't want to make it so easy for stars that they just cannot give it, give it they want. Just make them work. They'll still get theirs eventually because that's what stars do. But you have to make them work. And Danny Green, those days of him making other play, other guards work are over. <laughs> They're long gone. Sorry, Danny Green, if you know. Danny Green's family tuning in, but that's just the truth. <laughs> what, what's that you will? Dance and Danny Green, you know. Yeah. From last week, dance and Danny Green. But no, you're right. I, I, I totally understand and I totally agree. Um scouting. Scouting. Why was that not a part of the scouting report? I gotta put Ben Simmons on Trey Young to slow him down. You saw what he did against the Knicks. You've seen what he's done all season. So to come out with Danny Green, it's like uh, and no, no, you have a defensive player of the year finalist. And you and you don't utilize him. And I, I could see the logic for a few minutes to start the game because you don't want Ben getting in foul trouble. Sure. Okay. But the majority of the game, <laughs> Danny Green was guarding Trey Young and getting lit up. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm I'm like, I'm sitting at home pleading. When are y'all going to do something and take this old man off this young dude? Yep. Yep. It's just not working. And honestly, it's not fair to Danny Green to ask him to defend Trey Young for so many minutes because he can't do it effectively. And then he's getting tired trying to defend Trey Young. Then how's, how's he going to make shots on the other end? Because he has no legs. Right. So then you're hurting yourself on both ends, defense and offense. But okay, hopefully, game three, we will see less of Danny Green on Trey Young on Ice Trey. I like that nickname, man. I like the the cold. He's so cold. I like that, man. You know, what 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 do y'all think about him embracing the role, the villain role? Perfect for the NBA. They want you know that that kind of drama, the thing that adds views, especially against the Knicks. You saw how the New York fans kind of bought into that as well, and it just made that series. I mean, it was a five-game series, but it was there was a lot of talking coming out from that series and people doing takes and just covering it overall. And then when you, when you talk about Philadelphia having to move on from New York to Philadelphia, it's a, a great different fan base. But I think, and I'm going to go to a broader point, but I think these NBA playoffs have been good, not just for Trey Young, but for the younger stars in general. You got Devin Booker in Phoenix, Donovan Mitchell in, in Utah. They're kind of showing that, hey, this is they're, they're kind of taking that torch from the previous brand of stars, in my opinion. This is kind of what this playoffs is. It's kind of like that passing of the guard. What do y'all think about that? Take that. Take that, Will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you said, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Devin Booker just needed help. And right. that's what yeah. Chris Paul. Chris Paul had to come and, and show the way. Yeah, they went eight and on the bubble last year. You know, DeAndre Ayton, he's the he he's arrived on the scene in some respects for me. Uh, you know, you know, we've known that 
Devin Booker yeah. was a, a scorer. He had 70 in the Garden against Boston a few years ago. So he's had his name out there. His first time All-Star this year. So he's had his name out there. But DeAndre Ayton, you know, he's kind of an afterthought. You know, he was the number one overall pick, not Trey, not Luka in his draft. And it was almost kind of like, like, you know, did the did the Suns miss it by not drafting Luka or Trey? And DeAndre Ayton let him know, like, no, you, you must have forgot. Here I am. You know, and he, he definitely has uh, made his presence felt this, this playoff season as well. So, yeah, I agree. It, it's definitely been a, a, a coming out party, if you will, for, for the young stars. I'm enjoying the return of, well, I'm not even sure if it returned, but the emphasis of big men, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton. The Joker, Joel Embiid. You know, I just I like seeing big men return to being utilized in the game. You know, I I know guards have the ball a lot in their hands. I know all that. Who to go bear? You know, but big men can impact the game offensively and defensively in ways that guards can't. You know, if you have Rudy Gobert, Defense Player of the Year, All Star, and does not need the ball to score to impact the game. What's wrong with that? You know, he's he's good enough, skilled enough that he can stay on the floor when teams go small. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want a skilled big man with quick enough feet, agility? Who can stay on the floor against smaller people, little people? It is. We, the NBA, and see, I'm on my soapbox now, Andy, so watch out. <laughs> the NBA allowed the Rockets and small ball to permeate the league, which is interesting to me because the Rockets didn't win Jack, they didn't win the NBA championship. Growing up, Will, you, you tell me if I'm wrong on this. Growing up, the philosophy was teams would, would pattern them. They would pattern their games after the champion. Yep. They would see what the champion did to be successful and then try to duplicate it the following year. You are, you are correct, sir. When did that change? Because, and I cover the Rockets. I've done it for years. But the Rockets have not won a championship since 94-95. <laughs> So why did the NBA embrace that philosophy when it got them close? They may have been the second best team in the NBA. Unfortunately, the best team was Warriors. But the Rockets did not win a championship. They won a division championship. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) But that's not enough for me to change everything I do, get rid of big men because of their success. I, I never understood that. Andy, Will, thoughts on that? Well, Chris, I, I'm not sure if it was, well, obviously the Rockets are the ones that made the most noise about it, but maybe the Warriors were the most effective ones with that lineup with Andre Iguodala, Clay, Curry, and Draymond. That that was more of the five-guard lineup that was effective and won a championship. And even going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers in that series, I, I believe it was 2016, where Kevin Love had to play minutes at, at the five instead of you know Tristan Thompson or any other big man that they have. Yeah, I, but how tall is Kevin Love? Six ten. 
Okay. So well, yeah. Rocket, Rocket small ball at six eight and below. Yeah, well, it was last season. K K K D was Katie seven feet. K D seven feet. He, he doesn't yeah. like to be called seven feet. He's seven feet. Mm-hmm. They didn't call it small ball. That death lineup, KD was part of that lineup. You know, it's KD, Draymond, Clay, Steph, and Iggy. KD seven feet. He's a skilled seven footer, <laughs> an <laughs> ultimate skilled seven footer. So you don't have too many KDs. The Warriors, you know, LeBron, LeBron six eight, two sixty, but he yep. had Tristan Thompson. Get them boards, 6'10". Jim and Love get them boards, 6'10". So it wasn't it was what I call it short ball because these dudes aren't – they aren't small. You know, I mean, they may be slender, but they're not small. Mm-hmm. But it was just interesting to me how the league kind of changed and then overall you see the, the joker come in, skilled big man, bring the ball to the floor. What? 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 Joel Embiid, skilled big man. What? Big men come back in the game. DeAndre Aid Anthony Davis, a skilled big man. Doesn't like playing center. <laughs> Doesn't like playing in the post, you know, but a skilled big man. You know, those dudes won championships, Andy. Skilled yeah. big men. <laughs> and now yeah. look at the Rocket Tab. They got Christian Wood, a skilled big man who's got a more diversified offense game in Clint Capella. Skilled big men. Hey, if you got them, use them. That's all I'm saying. The Rockets just were like, well, Clint can't, he can't shoot three. So what good is, is he to us? Really? <laughs> I mean, that was your mentality. We want to spread the floor all over the place, but because Clint can't do this, let's get rid of it. Well, Clint's still playing. Have you noticed how many former Rockets are still playing in these playoffs? Mm-hmm. Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker. A lot. I made a list. Most of them. Yeah. I made a list. Let me see if I can pull it up because I was surprised. I mean, this is, he's from this year's roster, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. But let me see if I can pull it up real quick here because it was like seven or eight people. I was like, wow, this is, this is quite a bit. But, of course, James Harden. Uh, let's see. Keep on talking. Okay, here we go. Pat Beverly. Capella. Jeff Green. James Harden. Marcus Morris. Chris Paul. Austin Rivers. Tucker. Lou Williams. Demarcus Gus. Dwight Howard also, right? Dwight Howard. Forgot about Dwight. Yeah. And not even getting into the coaching and GM, D'Antoni and Daryl Morey. That that says something. But that small ball piece, was that more so Nantoni's brainchild, if you will? Mm-hmm. And Maury kind of went along with it, or I I promise you there are clips, video clips of Dantoni saying that Daryl Maury and the organization convinced him oh. that analytics was the way to go. I, I know he said that. Because you know, there was a time he wasn't sold on it. And then around 
three, four years ago, that's when you really saw the Rockets truly embrace it. I mean, just really embrace it completely when they were cool with 50 and 63s in a game and all that stuff. And then the last season when they got Covington and got rid of Capella and they went all in on it, you know, just completely. We're going 6-8 and under league because that's what we think is the best way for us to win. So I, I think it was more – I mean, then Tony, I, I, I don't know the exact date, but he's, I can remember him saying it at a practice, before practice, media availability, saying that the organization and Daryl Morey really talked to him and convinced him to really embrace the, the important – the benefit of small ball and analytics and all those things. And I was like, well, he said it. There it is. So, but that's my opinion. I'm in the minority on that here in H Town for the most part. That's all right. I've stood alone before, you know, and stand alone again on something, but that's okay. All right. What else we got tonight, fellas? Who else? Who else is on the on the agenda? Is Denver gonna? I think I think Jamal Murray, his absence, really shines through against yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Because Denver's backcourt compared to the Suns' backcourt, ooh, it's it's just it's no comparison. I mean, it's like night and day, man. You know, and now uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s back issues. He was struggling in game two. They're in trouble, you know. And I hate to say it because I want to see competitive basketball. I want to see competitive series. It's you know, game three. If it's they don't get it done, will it be a sweep or a gentleman sweep? I think it's a sweep. Yeah. I think Phoenix, I think what they did against the Lakers, them knocking out the defending champs did a lot for that psyche, the psyche of that team. And now it's just momentum. momentum. And yeah, I, I agree with you by the, also that Jamal Murray's absence is, is crucial to this series you know you put him out there i mean you saw what he did last year in the western conference finals against the lakers so you put him out there imagine jamal murray and 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 devin booker going head up night after night in this series i mean it's a, it's a game changer so without question him being out is 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 huge but i think at this point even with the mvp i mean they may get a little boost Tomorrow, when Joker gets his trophy, or tonight, rather, when, when Joker gets his trophy. But CP3 is, he's that, that dude is, he's, he's a, uh, uh, forgive the negative vernacular, but he's a killer. That dude is a straight killer. And I think 17 it's, I think points, it's a 15 assists, zero turnovers. No turnovers. That that's just ask about that's, what do what do you say? That's ask stellar. About. That's stellar, man. Seventeen yeah. points, fifteen assists, zero turnovers. Yeah, I can do that in a, in a video game multiple times, multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In what do you say, young fella? Andy, what do you say, man? Andy, I'm gonna come to you. I want to talk to you about this, but I want to get your thoughts on the Cougs as well. Yeah, uh, I I don't think Denver will go out in a sweep. I I could see a gentleman sweep and. You know, we kind of talked about it in the predictions, and like you guys said right now, this is 
starting to become obvious that they're missing Jamal Murray. And it kind of sucks for them because if they had Jamal Murray, I'd feel like they'd probably be favorites to at least get to the NBA Finals. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you touched on it, especially when it comes to the backcourt. Chris Paul and Devin Booker is no match for Monte Morris, Austin Rivers, Compazzo, or is that how you say yeah. his last name? Yeah. Bless his heart. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's trying. Hard, but yeah. yeah. But, and then you're seeing Austin Rivers kind of revert back to what Austin Rivers has been. He shot it really well in that Portland series. He's kind of starting to regress a little bit. I mean, it's really a one-man show for Denver right now. And I, I could see Jokic getting hot for either if it's game three tonight or game four and Denver winning one of those two games. It just looks like Phoenix is the clear-cut better team, at least in the first two games. And I don't see anything drastically changing for the rest of the series. Andy, uh, CBS Sports, John Rothstein tweeted, reported that uh, U of H's Marcus Sasser and Fabian White Jr. Uh, told told him, thanks, John, for putting that in there as well, told him that uh, both of them have removed their names from the draft and returning to U of H. What are your thoughts on their decision? It's the right decision, especially for, well, for both of them. Especially what you just said, there are like 353 players that put their name in the yep. in the early NBA in the early entry for the NBA draft. Uh, especially Fabian White coming off the the ACL injury the last uh, yeah, it's barely been a year since he tore the ACL and he got back early. And I mean, he never looked 100 percent back with the Cougars this past season. And that how many games did he play in the regular Like five. He came Five back in February, season. so yeah, it wasn't very many until yeah. the end of the season, regular season. Yeah, and then the, the March Madness run. I mean, he had. I mean, he had big games in that Rutgers game. He had a couple of big shots, but he never really seemed as dominant as he was, especially at the end of the 2019-20 season against Memphis. So I think it's the best decision for him. And I think when when that came out that he had put his name, I think his father told. Uh, Mark Berman did, that he just wanted to get feedback from the, the the NBA scouts and all that. And the same goes for Marcus Sasser. I mean, he he had a great game in the Final Four against Baylor, and but he's still he was too inconsistent in terms of his overall play, especially last season. You know, he'd go on stretches, and really before the Elite Eight game, he struggled in that March Madness run, and then throughout the season, he'd have hot streaks where it looks like he can't miss. And then he'd have a couple of games or a few games where he can't hit anything. So I think it's a perfect decision for both of them. And honestly, just to to prove that they can be more consistent, especially when it comes to Marcus Sasser and his shooting. Marcus Sasser, his his jump shot looks pretty. Smooth. Yeah. It it looks smooth. But during the games, an air ball – a brick and you know it's either it's a swish or an air ball or a brick so he's and he had that problem issue his freshman year so he's got to mm-hmm. figure out a way to eliminate the ugly misses because you're not gonna make every shot we all know that but I mean his shot is not consistently good despite the, it looking good you know we can see time and time again and we'll come in on this as well you can see shooters 
majority of the time, shooters, elite shooters, you know, you believe that it's going to go in. Like when Steph is shooting the ball, you you believe every shot he takes is going to go in. That's not the case. You know that's not going to happen. But it looks like it's going to go in. And obviously, I'm not saying Marcus Sasser is Steph. You know, goodness knows that's not the case. But just got to get more consistent in his shot. But Andy, me and you were texting back and forth during the tournament. What game was it the Rutgers game? What game was it where people were wondering what's wrong with Marcus? He was just yeah. like he was out of it. I mean, we're like, whoa, this is this. He looks completely like the moment has gotten to him. He was struggling, frustrated, shots weren't falling, impact his defense. And it was just like, Marcus, yo, man, take a breath. It's gonna be okay. And then he comes down, and makes two key plays on the stretch. You know, what I mean, <laughs> but Fabian is good for Fabian and Marcus to get that feedback from the NBA advisory committee. And I'm pretty sure they were both told that, yeah, guys, you know, this is what you need to work on. You're not draftable right now. Work on your game, add to your game. And if they do that, that's going to be a plus for U of H. That means in that instance, yeah, especially. Get the feedback from the committee. Let them know these are things we think you need to improve on. They do that. That's that's a plus for U of H. Guys, yeah, what? especially. Oh, I was going to say, going back to Fabian White, especially from that senior leadership standpoint, I mean, they're losing a lot of players that made that Final Four run. It's going to be a key for them to just have, I mean, those two, both of them are vets. They've been in program for a while. It's crazy to think Marcus Sass is about to enter his third year with the program. Yeah. It's funny because we, we kind of, well, I started covering him his freshman year and he's already his third year there. So it's, it's interesting. But even when it comes to Marcus Sasser, I feel like he also has to show a little more diversity in his game because at this point, it, it, not to like pigeonhole him into just being a sharpshooter, but he, he needs to show that he can create his own shot a little more consistently, in my opinion. Agreed. Andy, have you seen, seen or heard anything about Dejan coming back? Uh, I don't think so. I've seen that he's getting all these workouts with NBA teams. I right. haven't heard that. Right. I read a, one of the way too early top 25 previews yesterday, and the U of H summary mentioned Dejan was considering coming back. And I was like, no, uh, pretty sure that's not correct. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this preview had U of H ranked 14. I think that's about right. You know, but Will, mm. Andy... What are your thoughts on way too early polls? Are they a good thing? I mean, are, are they just filler? You know, what do you think? Well, before filler. I do that, um, about 10 minutes ago, uh, Sixers confirmed Embiid is in the starting lineup. Okay, so he's good. Thank you for that, that, sir. Cool. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, way too early is just that. It's, way, it's filler. It's, you know, mm. what? It's June... 11th season starts in October. So what is it, you know, to stay relevant, to stay topical, it's this, this, throw this out there real quick, way too early top 25. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's the ticket. No, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, like you said, it's 353 players that declare for the draft and, and a great number of those probably did it for feedback purposes that they will be back on campus uh, in the fall. But yeah, they don't mean anything. I mean, I'm not a fan of preseason polls in any sport, NBA, or I'm sorry, uh, college basketball. 
uh, football. I mean, it's, it's it's pointless to me. Agreed. Me too. It's, it's, yeah, I'm just, I've never been a fan. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely think it's a filler. And then you also have those bracketology, like people do bracketology in the summer. Like it's way too early. And but it, it's good for their website because those get generate a lot of views and a lot of buzz. So I can and, see why and, they do and it. See, and see, that's the thing. I understand why they do it, especially because, mm. you know, if, if they're getting paid to do it, you know, it's part of the job. Right. But the thing that that confuses me is the fans and the alums who get so hot. And upset <laughs> at what my team, what about my team? Because some way to earliest come out the day, a week after the, the final four, the championship. That's yeah. April. Yep. There are folks who are like, say, how come my team is ranked 20th? We should be ranked in the top 10. What? Really? Why are you so hot about this when the season yep. just ended yesterday? <laughs> yep. I mean, Take a breath, relax, and then bracketology. Fans are like, a seven seed? Oh, we should be, right. we should be, a, we should be a four seed. Oh, no question. We should be. Folks, <laughs> calm down. This, this is bracketology in April or May, June, heck, yeah. July, August, September. You know, oh, well, I, I just. What you know what you're talking about, but you read it, and that's what their whole objective is was to get you to read it, click on it, and you you retweeted it, you got the link Injected. out there, you spread it out, <laughs> so you did what they wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm like, I'm not in the preseason polls. I do vote in the top 25 poll, but that poll that I'm part of, we wait till games have taken place in the regular season before we put put out our first poll. See, I, I, I like that philosophy, that that mindset. Sure. I just a preseason poll is, is just for publicity. It's good for the school to generate some pub. You know, you, you can put it on your website. You can tell your alums, hey, look, we're top 10 this year. You know, come support your top 10 team, your top 10 program, blah, 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 blah. But eh, and you know, that, that top 10 team loses in the first game of the season. Oh my God, what happened? The season's over, it's all over. Father coach. Oh no, it is <laughs> folks. Calm down. Mm-hmm. It's you know, this time of this year, student athletes, excuse me, student assets have are back on campus. They've checked into the, their dorms, beginning workouts, individuals. Enjoy that. In, yeah. Enjoy that that moment. Enjoy them being on campus. Enjoy that being being part of the program. The other stuff. I mean, that's not that big of a deal to me. I, I am. I'm curious as to the fans. You, you tell U of H Andy has arrived when alums are focused on recruiting and who they're looking at and who they're bringing in. A few years ago, fans had could not care less <laughs> about <laughs> U of H, who Kelvin was bringing in or, or whatever. But now that they're a perennial top 25, yeah. Oh man, you know who U of H bringing in this weekend for for an official visit? Oh, did you see where he's a four star? Oh, oh, well you know he. Oh, boy, you better watch this one. You know. Oh. Yeah. Okay, folks. Okay. Yeah. Even the that episode that episode where we had Emmanuel Sharp, the uh, first commit for twenty 
two that that's like our most viewed uh, podcast or most downloaded podcast <laughs> he's not even gonna step foot on campus for another year if he doesn't even change his mind so yeah they, they love to to digest content and content is fine and and i understand it you know I, I, to a point because one of the reasons why i'm doing live shows is content for the round bar view and the facebook page you want to put out content but i'm also trying to bring it from a perspective of our perspective, a media perspective. I think the more we do these and hopefully we'll have Jackson on in the future. He's busy tonight. He just chimed in, you know, give some comments early in the show, but have his perspective on as well. It's just a different take on things. Andy and I, Paul Samajama and Will, you got to become part of the podcast family, man. Yes, sir. But Andy with his guests on Paul Samajama, Apollo Houston, listen to those emmanuel sharp from listening to y'all's talk with him i'm concerned about his health yeah the injury he suffered i hate it's a it's it's serious i mean he dislocated what his ankle right yeah was it was it? i i can't remember his ankle or it was his knee or his leg or something, something like a compound yeah. fracture like he said like something the bone came through i'm like i don't i don't i don't it sounded bad. I don't remember that series, but yeah, but it was, I think he might have. Yeah, it's something I can't remember. It was his knee or ankle, but yeah, he was, and I think he had just recovered from like an arm injury at the beginning of last yeah. season. So yeah, so, so you know, I think he had a wrist injury. He was wearing a cast, something like that as well. So he needs to get healthy. So if he needs yeah. to take this entire season, this high school senior year, to get healthy, do so. Don't don't come back. Don't listen to anybody who's telling you, yo man, you obeyed so will drop you, you know, if, if you aren't healthy, get healthy, man. Okay. Your life, basketball is important to us, but your health is more important to yourself. So focus on your health. And Emmanuel Sharp, and you said it was, was your, y'all's most downloaded podcast so far, <laughs> because that's where U of H is now. He's a national, well, he's a, he's a national top 100 player. Yeah, about I think rated rated eighty six I think at the time something like that committing yeah around, around there. there around there you know and but Will the kicker is his dad played at South Florida <laughs> and and South mm-hmm. Florida is in the American with U of H but Emmanuel said no I'm gonna go to U of H <laughs> so oh, wow so just get healthy but his his skill set is legit he can get healthy. Come to Houston, work with the staff, work with Coach Bishop, get stronger, tone up. U of H, Andy Will, I think U of H, to get to, this is my take, ESPN wrote about this, I think yesterday or Wednesday. U of H, to get to a national championship, to win it, they need a lottery pick. Because most champions, NCAA champions have a lottery pick. You know, a top, I mean, a a legit NBA pro. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Will? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, okay, Baylor, yeah. Uh, Yep, yep, yeah. You're right. They they have that marquee name that's going to go do something now that would that would get picked high in the league. What they do once they get there, 
had a couple flameouts here and there. But yeah, you you gotta have that marquee name that that that's going to cause bring attention to your program one, but has the league and the scouts and everyone coming because that in turn brings more of those type guys to your to your program. So once you get one, it's just gonna open up the floodgates. And then I agree with that that statement that you do need that that marquee, that lottery talent in order to to take it take the championship. Because Andy, I want your thoughts on this and we'll, we'll close it out. Houston, <clears throat> this past season was a magical season. You know, kudos to Dejon Giroux, Quinn Grimes, Marcus Sasser. But you, we saw the difference between them and Davian Mitchell <laughs> and Jared Butler and Macy Oteague. Baylor's guards, Houston's guards. It was it was talent gap was it's kind of wide, you know. So yeah. Houston gets that kind of talented player combined with Coach Kelvin Sampson and his acumen, his ability to get to maximize the talent. Then we're talking, and I think U of H is on that trajectory of getting those kind of players, getting that elite kind of player. You know, Quinn Grounds was a five star, but he he transferred. To Houston, Houston gets a gets a five star out of high school. That's different, and I do believe that is that is on the horizon. I'm not saying how soon it is because I'm not sure, but I I know Bryce Griggs from Hightower is four star, five star, and Houston is one of his six schools plus overtime elite. So he's got that kind of talent. Well, he's he's that good. And he comes to almost every U of H home game. But I'm not saying he's going to pick U of H. But I'm just saying U of H made his final list, which says something about how the program continues to evolve for th- that type of talented player. I think Andy U of H has, and we'll close it out, they got a player – we have a visit schedule. What's his name? Let me pull it up here. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. They has it upcoming or they had it? I know they've had a couple of players uh, that, had it, that came in uh, for visits. Jarace, J-A-R-A-C-E, is his first name, Walker. He's a five-star forward. Mm. He's scheduled. He's already visited Auburn. And, Will, this is for you, too. Mm-hmm. He has a visit schedule with the Ohio State. June 16th through 18th. We also has Houston scheduled June 22nd through 24th. Just this week. So consider that. Houston is is included with Auburn and the Ohio State. That's SEC, Big Ten, and the American. That's not too shabby, Will. Andy, that's that's that says a lot right there. And if you you pull up a picture of this young man, boy, he's a grown man. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at he him looks now. like he yeah he's like six <laughs> eight two forty. He yeah. is a grown man. So it's yeah. it's it's coming, Cougar fans. It's coming. I'm not saying he's going to commit to U of H, but the fact that you got five star talent 
on a national scale, looking at U of H, is a positive for the program. Close it out for me, Andy. What What do you want to say before you head to the real world starting on Monday? Oh, man. Well, I guess I'll ask you all for advice. What, what do you got for me? What do you think I should, uh, how should I approach it? Ask questions. Be, be, be early. Yep. Uh, if you have any questions, don't be shy to ask questions, man, because you're going for the orientation. That's what it's for. It's for it's there for mm -hmm. you to learn about how they do things. Don't be shy by asking questions. Don't leave the orientation. And I should have asked that. Oh, you know, I want no ask. It's on you to ask. It's on you to learn. It's there for you to be a sponge and soak it all up. I, I concur with that. Now, so early, but then don't 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 be opposed to hanging out late after either, because you never know that that off you know in, in the media that off the record conversation. Yes, per se, you know you, you never know. You know, just a casual conversation. At the end of the day, you may get information that one nugget that man, okay, got it, got it. Yep. So yeah, but just just soak it up, just soak it up. And, and I'm sure you do know this, but off the record means off the record. Yes. Okay. Don't yeah. be like Jay Will. And oh, take what man. KD said to him off the record and make, make that public. Don't, don't do that. Mm. Don't, no, come on. Don't, don't do that. You know, yeah. off the record means off the record. You can learn a lot off the record. Mm -hmm. But that's for you. That's for that conversation. It may help you learn something that you can use on the record. But off record means off the record. I've learned and heard a whole lot of stuff off the record that the public will never know. But I get that info because I keep it off the record. And players and coaches trust me like that. Gentlemen, we're going to do it again. Since, Andy, you're working, uh, was it nine to five? Uh, sometime in between, they said it'll it'll change day for day, but for the most part, like it'll fall within that window. Okay, so we'll we'll uh, go off off we'll close it out here, and then we'll figure out uh, a time that we can get it together again to do another one of these, and hopefully the the Goonies and the Gremlins won't won't zap us <laughs> for show number three. But it's all it's all good. I'm not gonna sweat it. You know, yep. it's live. That's what live programming is. Streaming, we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. We're learning as we go, and we'll get better. The summer here is to get better. And then the fall, and when basketball season resumes, then tune in. Because then we'll, we'll, have, we'll have more stuff in store for you. And, Andy, we're gonna, not going to hold you to it because of your schedule. But if you can chime in here and there, work around your politics coverage, you're <laughs> welcome, man. Feel free to, 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 to chime in. We'll get it all done. It's all good here. Andy, how can folks find you on uh, – I see it going across the screen. How, how can folks find us in case folks are, yeah. are, are listening and not reading? Yeah, for sure. They can follow me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. And also we talked about earlier, we'll be sure to check out our podcast, Pod Slamajama. That's P-A-W-D Slamajama. Uh, I don't watch to the, to the old five Slamajama teams in the 80s at U of H, but – uh, recently, we had our new episode that came out uh, on Thursday. We kind of did a collab with the uh, Scott and Holman podcast. We had uh, a couple of their guys come in and just talk U of H, talk men's basketball, women's basketball, and a little bit about football. So that's our latest episode. And 
So that's on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and a couple. I believe it's on Stitcher and other places. So, I mean, yeah, and follow me on my journey. I'm gonna start posting a lot more news and and government political type of content. So I'm looking forward to it. And Chris, I'm, I'm gonna go to you if I have some problems. You're probably gonna get you'll probably get tired of me texting too much. But no I appreciate problem, both of y'all's advice, uh, and I'll certainly uh, keep it in mind, and, and we'll see how it goes. No problem, man. Ask ask me questions. I'm I'm here for you, man. I'm here to help you. Will appreciate that. Yeah, about, man. And continued success to you, Andy, as well. Um, find me uh, social media, Will Gibson Seven, Twitter, Will Gibson Seven, on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Will knows the Will knows podcast forthcoming because I have good people like Chris Gardner uh, staying on me in a good way to get this done. So I appreciate it. And I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, the glitches were out of our control, and we apologize for that. But, hey, thank you for keeping sticking with us. Houston Round yeah. Bar Review has been around. I'm on Twitter at the, the HR Review. Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram. HoustonRoundBarReview.com is the website. Go to the website for info, articles, links, also Sign up for Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, Hulu. Get that bundle. I got it. I gotta start. I gotta start watching Loki. Since that, that came out Wednesday, gotta start watching that. So sign up to get the bundle. Get it via links posted on HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Watch the playoffs. Uh, Hawks gonna win the night. Hawks Sixers. Who's gonna win the night? Beat playing. I got Philly. Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll make it. Boy, that's bad. I'll make it unanimous. <laughs> okay, so we all got Philly. Hawks got it. Hawks so got Hawks, it. Then. Hawks got it then. So sorry, yeah. Sixers fans. Sorry about that. But we're going to close it two, out. Three two. news talking sports. We'll change the title because I'm going to have more posts come on, including women, because I've got a lot of female friends in those sports too. So don't don't trip. You know, just relax. This is this is going to grow, and we're going to we want you to come on on the journey with us. So don't even worry about all that, fellas. Thank you very much. Uh, hold on. Going to close it out, but close. Stay with me. Off the record, we're going to talk about something real quick. But everyone, thank you for tuning in to Three Dudes Talking Sports, Three People Talking Sports um, on Facebook and YouTube. And everybody take care and be safe and keep in touch. Indeed.